Hey, this is Girls on Road, an all-Black female collective that exists to be heard. We are here to proudly represent our different experiences of Black womanhood. We are a group of like-minded creatives, and each episode, you'll hear from three of us. Speaking up today is Kemi. Hey, it's your girl Kemi, Gemini Rising, all that good stuff. <laughs> and the place I feel most peace at is where my mum's from in Italy. It's borderline Austria and they live in the Dolomites on the Alps. So just to sit there, like no Wi-Fi, no phone, and just look at the beautiful scenery is just beautiful and it makes me so peaceful. And Ngozi. Hi, I'm Ngozi and the place I feel most at peace, it has to be my bedroom. I mean, this is literally my escape. It's my place that I come, it's my little cave and yeah, I can't think of anywhere right now. I think it's maybe lockdown that's got me like this. My bedroom is is my piece. Yes. Mine is a back street in Notting Hill. It has like a little bench and not many places. When you realise like the streets don't have benches, you have to kind of go to parks and stuff for that or like canals, like a little motive. And it's just random like back street that I've never had any business or mine going to. I just discovered it one day and it had fairy lights on top of the little bit. And I'm sure, yeah, it's really cute. It's just like a little bit, there's like benches. I think it's probably for the rich people like who live in the area, but I just go there. It just makes me feel like, and like amongst the like madness that is London, especially during lockdown, it's just nice to get outside. So yeah, let's get into the show. Check in a bit where we talk about our feelings, but for real, for real. How are you feeling sunny day today? I'm feeling very apprehensive. I think that's just a mixture of feelings because as I was telling you earlier I've kind of decided that I'm gonna start getting back on it with my job applications and even the thought of it is kind of daunting so um, yeah I've got a lot of things that have been on my mind the past couple of days. The things I know that I need to do and just generally the future like just thinking about progression and all of that scary stuff I've had to actually face it well, we're here for you, girl. We got you, baby. <laughs> it's, it's crazy times. It's uncertain times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, That's exactly it. Especially for our generation, like the way that we'd normally acquire jobs or network, especially in the creative field, is like meeting people. You can't do that. You can't like mm-hmm. socialise and just meet someone and network. So it's all online. So I get that. I get that feeling of having to like face your work like the apprehension Mm -hmm. of that I'm good I've had quite a long week of auditions and self-tapes and recalls which is all good but also like you know one after the other can be a bit stressful like when you have a self-tape relying on asking another person Mm -hmm. you know to help you out and relying on people all in all she is well she is good and yes the sun is out (laughs) And my smile is getting bigger, so I'm happy. And also my waistline, so I'm not happy about that. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. You know what? I've, I've literally been eating so much the past couple of weeks as well. I can't even lie. That's, my waistline is also increasing in size. It's expanded. It's expanded. Oh, my God. I just feel like... <laughs> no, man. Extra small feeling. Very tight. Very, very tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I've just been 
eating my life away too so I feel you girl like I literally feel like I had worms I've just been like yamming everything inside and been like <laughs> I, want, I want apple pie and I want Gascon M&S custard every day for dessert even though we don't even usually get dessert in this house I've been feeling just like brain foggy and it was so weird because I accidentally was watching like I don't know one of those morning shows they were talking about menopausal brain fog and I was like surely not I just <laughs> just like that's how I've been feeling just weird that's strange I'm sure it's not menopause <laughs> yeah I'm sure I'm sure you're good sure it's not menopause <laughs> I don't think so but it's just weird because the, everything they were saying I was like uh-huh uh-huh I was like that's how I've been feeling <laughs> I was just like what the hell you need to not watch those those morning shows are actually poison <laughs> I know let's get into the queen of the week where we give flowers to the women that deserve it <laughs> no matter how big or small <laughs> so Ngozi who's wearing the crown today person I've chosen today is the wonderful the beautiful Meghan Markle I <laughs> I've chosen her because she something very brave she came out and spoke her truth even though it's difficult and she's got about a thousand ops no more than a thousand ops in this country alone so that was like a big thing for her to do and even the fact that this has been making her feel suicidal and all of that it's a bit crazy but yeah I just wanted to make her queen of the week because I think that she is now instrumental in helping us finally take down the monarchy because who needs the monarchy anymore let's let's turn Buckingham Palace into something else maybe other people saying a Tesco I rate her and it really brought up kind of the the things that we've been suppressing in this country for a while which is that we live with a racist monarchy but we haven't really addressed it until now and now they're doing everything they can to save face like I don't know if you've seen Kate and Will trying to do everything have you seen that picture of Kate and Will with this there's a black woman and she's saying like traditional wear and everything no you're lying you're lying <laughs> on Twitter and everyone was just I just seen Twitter going mm. nuts because like literally like a couple of days after all of these allegations they stepped out somewhere how am I seeing a black woman out here in traditional wear I was thinking huh wow someone got hired last minute for this little PR stunt yeah they've been doing PR stunt after PR stunt to try and save face but realistically it's not helping they're not really addressing the problem they've kind of just gone around it and so because of that they've left a lot of people of color in the UK with like kind of just feeling salty because they haven't even come out and addressed any of these issues and I don't think that they will that's why I've chosen a Megan and I hope that she has a safe and wonderful pregnancy this time around. Yes, I love that one. I can't wait for them. I actually can't wait for their life, like to just like follow them as if they're like, I guess, celebrities now. He hasn't even got the title or anything, right? Yeah, they literally are celebrities now. They were even talking about, you know, the different things about how Archie was not going to have a title or something. They changed the policy so he wasn't ever going to have title and this just seems like they've been through a lot and it'll be nice for them to just have this like carefree life where they can actually do the things that they want to do rather than having to live under Mm, all these rules and restrictions i have never really paid much attention to the royal family i've never really rated them anyway but yeah and i've always thought they were racist but like Mm. we've never had anything like to kind of say for it if that makes sense Mm. And then yeah. that happened, and I like the fact that they are so messed up as a family, and especially mm-hmm. when it comes to race. And I'm just, it 
honestly all of the flowers for that because that like you said it's so so scary the thought mm. of that them like having to kind of flee in a way they had no security to just to just shake them off they just like palm them off or like bye like all because of race like never happened to anyone else ever but yes Megan go get it you're the queen I love that <laughs> it's kind of ironic as well like bringing her back with a title queen B. <laughs> so yeah. Let's get into the gas girl gas, like yas girl yas, all about boosting each other up and acknowledging our achievements, no matter how big or small. Give us some happiness, a little chunk or something that you felt really proud of that you've done during this time. So I've been helping out um, two graduates from drama school in terms of like mentorship, helping them out with that process. And yeah, like one of my friends yesterday just called me and said that he was offered representation and he accepted it. So... So it's good news for me, but also for him as well. Sharing talents. I don't know if I achieved too much this week, but I did have a very nice phone call um, this week about some future plans for some content that I'm going to be making. So yeah, I had actually some encouraging things happen. Me, I I guess I'm happy with myself for working hard this week. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, I think this week, waking up and keeping going because I've had... Every single day this week, I've just wanted to, like, not, like, do anything, like, at all. I've just had a really, really weird week in that sense. And I've woken up and been, like, I just want to binge watch Netflix all day. And obviously, that's not equally, like, not very healthy, especially, like, every day. That's how I've been feeling. So, i say, like, a, a small achievement in a way. It's just been waking up and, like, putting my face on. Yeah, like, just be, just continue to be and just try and do things as if, I had a nine to five in a way, like on my laptop, set up my day workout and stuff. It's just been a really weird week for me. So that's probably it. Just doing, living. <laughs> it's the little things, that's, that's the thing. We're in a really weird time where it's like, there's a countdown, lockdown's gonna end, like what's gonna happen? It's just all feeling a bit up in the air kind of thing, you know? Yeah, mm. I, I would say the same, but I, I also think that it's the uncertainty of everything. like we're told that lockdown's going to end but nothing has really indicated that it's definitely going mm-hmm. to end when they say it is which is equally as frustrating because like for yeah, people in the yeah. creative industries what do we have literally what do we have to look forward to at the moment I actually I don't know there's so much uncertainty when it comes to that stuff you've got to think of the positives there for sure yeah um, definitely try and try and get through it I feel like when it starts happening then then we'll be like okay this is you know like back into mode like jump mode you know us already like as creatives when things actually start popping off we're there we're like in tune but it's so hard when nothing's happening to be in that like mind space yeah it's like I'll believe it when I see it (laughs) yeah that is like the creative motto for sure and now it's time for the group chat so we're stepping into the group chat where the tea is always hot and the talk stays steaming this is a moment where we can talk about real things happening on and offline in a really real way, providing different perspectives to the conversations. So today's episode is quite a vital one. It's talking about safety, how we feel in our own surroundings, our personal experiences growing up within, we all live in like London, we're all like Londoners, and what that means to us positively and negatively, plus what others can do, because I think that's a really important part of it to look after one another so there's a lot in that but I was thinking we could start with your own relationship to your area like where you live and how you feel about it so I guess growing up in London 
you start to get used to um, precautions that you have to take um, as being a woman, um, especially being a young person. So uh, the area that I've grown up in is Acton. And what would I say about this area? Uh, it's not the safest place, but equally it's not the worst place either. So there's been times where I've literally seen someone across the street and then noticed that they're suddenly behind me and then I've had to like run things like that and yeah there are times when I've felt unsafe here but I think as I've gotten older I've learned to really rationalize those experiences and I'm just very aware now of my surroundings like when I'm walking around I definitely have like an eye on what's what's happening around me I'm not just in my own head um, at night I try not to walk um, as I'm sure everyone does um, but yeah I'd say that also my brothers had like a really bad experience in this area too so um, I wouldn't say that there are particularly safe areas I think that things can happen no matter where where you live like I'm really used to it um, this is where I've grown up so I feel I enjoy moving freely and I don't really feel very worried about doing so even at night now even at night I don't really feel worried doing it but what about everyone else yeah no, Mingazi, I'm in agreement with you I feel like because I am a Londoner and this is my city I'm very like at ease traveling at night and at day unlike others but like let's say if I'm intoxicated I'm drunk or coming back from a party or I will always make sure I have steps in place like and it's frustrating obviously that we have to do that for example like in the uber I always call my mum or text my mum and say I'm coming home you can expect me in like 30 minutes do you know what I mean just so you know I know it's like messed up but it's just for my own safety and I feel like because I'm quite a small woman in general and I look kind of young like I just need I just need to be aware sometimes especially late at night just aware of my surroundings who I'm with but for the most part I'm very like at ease with the whole thing. I have a friend who lives in my area up my road I live in Acton too and she is very much like if anyone's going past and they look kind of remotely like too close she always like second guesses it and I, I've always said to myself, I really don't want to be in that situation where I'm having to constantly think that someone's like out to get me. So I'm always like, come on, like it's fine. Like we can walk, walk, like wait for them to pass and then we'll continue walking and stuff like that. So like I have a lot of tactics to just make sure that like it is actually fine because obviously you need to know that it's fine. And that's super important. I have like two ways I can go like to my house, like it's alter alternating routes and stuff. And I've had to, on occasion, go like the longer way, but it means that I get a chance to go around like a bend, which means that I get to like run a bit, which is bad. But I like live near a train station, so everyone comes off. And that's like good and bad, if that makes sense, because everyone who lives in the area, like the first lot, that's kind of good because you know that they actually like live there and like especially timing where you get off on the train and that's such a Londoner thing but the carriage that you're on I always make sure that I'm like right by the like bit where I need to get off because it's kind of scary when it's like night time dead of night especially and going on like nights out and stuff no one really lives in Acton for me like a lot of my friends don't live in that area 
So I am on the night tube by myself. So I have to think like ahead and like, yeah, like you said, can you like action plan things? Um, and people don't realize this, especially like men. They don't really realize it. They don't get it. Nah. So, man, so this scenario happened. Tell me what you think. Basically, we got a, a ring at the doorbell and it was late. It was not bare late, but it was like eight, seven o'clock. And I asked um, my boyfriend's flatmate, did you order a package? And he said, no. So I just, I didn't answer the door. And he's like, why didn't you answer the door? And I was like, but I asked you if you're expecting a package. I know um, my boyfriend's not like, do I need to answer the door? And he's like, yeah, answer it. But in my head, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm not expecting anyone. So why am I going to answer the door? Like safety first for me. But he's just like, no, open it, open it. I'm here. It doesn't matter. And I just thought it was interesting how like psychologically that's just ingrained in me. If you're not expecting no one, just do not open the door. Let me know. How do you feel about that situation? So I find that interesting because um, I had a weird situation where um, someone was knocking on the door one time. But it wasn't just knocking. It was like banging. It was like a let me in type thing. Like someone was pounding the door. And like my brother was like, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I'm thinking, whoa, like, can you, are you hearing what I'm hearing? Like that does not sound, no one delivering something would knock like that. Like my brother was just so oblivious. Like, yeah, I'm opening the door. And the guy was like, literally, I looked, I was like, what are you doing? I was like, stop, stop, stop. I looked through the window and the guy was like trying to get into our house. Like he had like a key and he was trying to get in. And he was like, let me in, let me in. I was like, Whoa, what? I was like, no, like we're not letting you in. We're not letting you in. My brother was about, when I tell you, he was like seconds away from opening the door for this random man. I was like, no, we're not letting you in. I think it turned out that he said that he got the wrong house. But the way he was trying to come into the house, it was so weird, like, when I tell you. But, yeah, so similar thing. It's just, like, boys do not have that mentality. They don't have that. I have the same thing. If the doorbell rings at night, who who's coming? Like, in the day, I don't think I would think twice. I'd probably open Yeah, no, it. in the day, I, would, I wouldn't care. But it's, like, but the like, fact that it's dark. Like, unless I've ordered a takeaway or something, why on earth <laughs> would I? Who am I expecting at night? Unless it's, like, a friend <laughs> randomly. But I would check. yeah. No, and yeah, I don't know about you girls, but like I've been getting harassed like since uniform. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Crazy. Wow, I've been followed. I've been chased. I, I literally, it's crazy what men will do, and it's just the norm, Mm -hmm. and that's fucked. The fact that you in Ngozi's like, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Aisha's like, mm mm-hmm. It's it's, (laughs) it's the norm. And that's messed up. We need to teach our sons. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Go, go unfortunately, they're just bad people in this world, and I, I yeah. don't think that just because we teach our sons, you know, a lot of men actually lead these double lives where they're great family men or whatever, and then their other life is like chasing women on the street. It's like, how can you even ensure that that will happen? Like, what is it? that drives men to do it I think it's really a power thing the fact that men feel in this position of power towards women and they can just just overpower us it's difficult to know what the solution is I'll tell you a story where like it was the first time of like up close and personal like I felt harassed I was working um 
at Shoreditch behind a bar. And um, basically it was one of the later nights where it closed at six and we're telling everybody to get out, you know, whatever. I'm walking up the stairs. I've got a broom in hand. So people know I'm, I'm working and a guy, I don't know who it was because there was a shit ton of people because it was a nightclub. He literally came right behind me and grabbed my breast. I've never felt so violated. And I didn't know who it was because there was a sea of people when I t- like turned back and I was just like, oh my god and what makes it worse I told the manager this is what he said should have been wearing a bra and then I was like boom and in my notice of the lambda darling of the drama school I was like fun this shit this madness it was mad I felt like so violated at that minute I was embarrassed I didn't want to tell no one it makes you feel embarrassed because like you just have to live with that so I didn't ask for that no. And then he says to me, bro, you should have worn a bra. First of all, I was, it was a t-shirt bra, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I can say that, but like, whatever. I was. But it gives, and even if I wasn't, it doesn't matter. No person has the right to violate another's body. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's just crazy that men think that, like, it's so dependent on what you're wearing, like, whether you deserve to be sexually assaulted or not. So problematic and unfortunate. So problematic. And it starts from the top, bro. The police. The police are, ah, they're met. They're so fucked up. So I got spiked a couple years ago and they did that to me. They came to my house and they were like, we need to know what you're what you were wearing. And I showed them (gasps) a dress and they were like, and they were like, isn't that a top? In my own (gasps) house. In my own house, after I got spiked, I showed them the dress I was wearing and they were like, oh, is that not a top? That's the day that I was like, the police will never help someone like desperately in need, like until it's too late. I, that's just how I felt. Nice, do you know how fucked up that is? That's crazy. First yeah. of all, why did they need to see what you were wearing anyway? Yeah. It had no relevance. Like you got spiked. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking, what, how does what you're wearing influence whether or not you deserve to get spiked? Like that's very, again, that's super problematic. I wasn't even thinking that you know like at the time I wasn't even thinking I was just thinking oh they're trying to help me so I'll show them what I was wearing and you know because they're the police but that's so bloody true like why is that even coming into the picture like what the hell is super irrelevant it's so problematic as if you haven't just already experienced something traumatic I feel like there's a lot of young people that I know of they're not really my friends but my friends of friends who are trying to go into the Met to kind of change the system and there was also like a small act if you remember one of the episodes from that there was a young ma- black male who ended up joining the police because he wanted to change it ultimately it feels like it's an impossible thing but do you think that's where it starts when it comes to these kind of subjects and the police actually getting it well it's a bit of a tricky one mm. because this is very much a it's an institutional issue like the thing is that no matter what, you might have like 10 people who enter the Met trying to do a good thing. Then you've got a thousand people entering the Met who are all part of this other mindset. So it's like, you're going to be so outnumbered. And like the Small Axe episode, it's like, you can go in with good intentions, but ultimately it's going to be so hard for you to really make a difference. Just like if we were trying to change anything, like if we're trying to change racism or change any of these world issues it is literally a world issue it's yeah 
people are literally raised with these ideas in their mind. It's not like you're going to change their mind overnight. These are things that are very much ingrained into society now. So how do we break these kind of um, the stigma and how do we change people's views on things? It's not it's just not going to be an easy thing to do. I think it's going to take generations and generations. Yeah, because, you know that like go ahead do your thing, but like Ngozi was saying, it's going to take a lot mm. of change in order for us to see fruition from it. Yeah. I was going to say we've got to question also people's intentions for even joining the Met in the first place like a lot of us now as young people and also people of colour opposed to the police like most of us anyway so I question why people even want to enter the police is it like a thing of like being in a position of power again like we see with like the males that like um, go and commit these types of crimes is it like a similar thing of like even wanting to be a police officer? I have to question the motives of why people mm. don't say. So I yeah. often wonder if the mindset is similar to the people that are also committing these crimes. And I think that they put power and domination over women. Like That's the thing. That's what I think it is, you know. I think people want power so they join the Met and then it gets even worse because they have like corrupted things that go on in the Met and then it's now corruption power. And it just goes around in that like really toxic circle. And then yeah. before you know it, they're dealing with these kind of situations in like the worst way possible. And you're just like, hello, is anyone human here? Like, does any, like anyone knows how to deal with the situation? And like the way that they did in Clapham Common was like disgustingly gross. And you don't have to be like a scientist to know that. It just shows you also, it's not even just one officer. Like, yeah, okay, one officer committed the crime, but then they also found other officers were like, joking around in a group chat my dad's wife actually was working as like one of the investigators on that case when it from the moment that I first started and there was like a woman missing to the point where they found out everything that had unfolded and you know we were having a lot of discussion about how there's a lot of failings within the Met offices like the ones that wear the uniform and stuff there's a lot of failings there um so I think, yeah, again, it's not just that one officer. It's like we think, oh, you know, one bad officer. It's like mm, but there are a lot of people assisting that. There's lots of people that, you know, there's a lot of things that go on that we don't know about, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Behind when one fruit in the bag goes mouldy, it's hard to keep the other ones fresh. Correct. Correct. For real. But we do have a community in our areas, people who are surrounding us that we can, you know, directly influence. And I wanted to like ask you guys, like there's next door. I love a good bit of next door. I've signed up to that and you can like sign up. It's basically almost like Facebook for like people who you live near. So you get to speak about things in the area. Um, it's super easy. You just need to like put your name and then your postcode and then you get to speak with everybody. And yeah, I just wanted to ask like if your neighbours even, like do you have a community there? Like what's that like for you? <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> I am anti- I don't want to know you. Cool, sweet, you're next door. I mean like whatever. I, I don't know. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> That sounds so rude, but like I really don't care. I don't know. Maybe because I moved around a lot. Like I don't like. It's not the most important thing. Obviously, like my area and my community, yes. But like, I need to know the ins and outs of what you had for breakfast. Nah, 
you know that's just me but that's just me personally I'm not saying you do that Aisha of course not we have like my area is full of like fake bad man who are just like chilling on the streets just doing absolutely nothing um so not hurting anyone but I do feel kind of like safe like I know that they know my face and even though we've never spoken I do feel like if anything was I know it sounds weird but if anything was to ever happen they They got yeah they got me and like they're on the road all the time so like I always (laughs) go road yes I just waiting (laughs) (laughs) sorry I'm gonna run off with one one day but like (laughs) they do provide me a lot of like security because I know that the road most of the time isn't going to be completely like there's going to be one of them and they know me they're like sometimes say hi I live in a green as well so all my neighbors like I do feel like once I reach my green my neighbors are like you know you see lights on I know that I could go to somebody if something really was happening um and yeah I do we say hi like when we see it's not like oh yeah how's your grandma or anything but like you know we speak and I have that bit of community that I do feel safe in even though if, if it's dark or if it's in a bit of a weird one and someone's a bit weird next to me I do feel kind of safe because of them cute that's cute yeah, that's nice. I wouldn't say that I have that um it's interesting because uh so the neighbors on one of the sides like they change all the time because it's like a rented house so not really sure who's living there right now the neighbors on the other side uh, my mum like had a falling out with them so initially it's like a family that moved in and uh tea <laughs> uh, it was like a family that moved in and like you know it was cute at first it was like oh come over for a barbecue type vibe and then uh basically one day my brother decided he's gonna have a party and like I think my mum was actually here and you know like it really wasn't wild my mum was literally in the house but apparently someone was like out the front of the house and they'd like dropped a bottle or something they called the police so the police actually turned up at our house and like they were like yeah there's a noise complaint blah blah blah. and it was before 12 so there was nothing they could do like obviously my mom was there she was just like well having a party blah blah blah. they were like yeah okay like those they literally can't do anything they were just like well i guess the 12 i guess just turn it down a bit you know it wasn't even loud like that they just really wanted to like get them in trouble but one thing i will say is that since everything with sarah happened people have been talking about safety when girls are walking home checking on people so an incident happened with me literally just after the case I left my house and funny enough I was actually feeling a bit weird after everything that happened with Sarah going missing Mm -hmm. so I walk out of my house and then you know typical yo what's your name someone comes up to me they've got like a, a bottle of beer in their hands they're chatting trying to find out my name information I was thinking oh god like this isn't the day like I'm really not I'm really not here to entertain mm-hmm. this so I was being really like short just like trying to keep the conversation as short as mm-hmm. possible and get to the bus stop and they're like also what do you have a boyfriend blah, blah blah and of course even though I don't I'm always lying being like yeah just to get men to leave me alone so then it's interesting because someone actually did stop someone saw what was happening they stopped on their bike and they were like excuse me are you okay like is everything all right and I was like, oh, you know, I'm okay. Like, uh, I'm just waiting for my bus, blah, blah. And he said, oh, is this guy bothering you? Do you know him? I was like, oh, no, I don't. I actually don't know him. And he was like, oh, really? Well, um, and then it, and then I was like, I'm okay, though. Like, I'm fine. Like, by that point, the conversation had kind of, like, been fizzling out, you know? He was asking me if I smoked weed, whatever. 
So anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like asking if like basically the guy was bothering me. So what's interesting is then the guy goes to him, what? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say about me? Come here then, come sit to my face. He literally walks up to this guy on his bike, literally starts pushing the bike. And here I am in, just literally in my head like, oh God, like what the hell is just kicked off? So all of this starts kicking off and like, I literally don't know what to do. He's like, you know what big man, that's it. He's got his hand in his pocket. He's like, come around the corner now, come around the corner now. And I'm literally just there like, oh my God, what should I do, what should I do? I can't get on the bus while this is happening. Like this poor man's just coming to try and help me. And now he's like, this, this guy's trying to fight him. Like, what do I do? So I was literally just like, like, um, I was trying to get a word and I went up and I was like, excuse me, I don't think that was like the intention. And he was like, shut up, I don't care. Like this guy's, this guy's been rude to me, like blah, blah. He's trying to say that I'm this, I'm this. And I was like, oh my. What he was doing is trying to defuse the situation and the guy, was like literally just like oh like I really need to get to work like please like <laughs> like this isn't what I meant like I was just I was just checking up on her blah blah and like he just wouldn't leave it alone so it's quite interesting mm. even when people have stepped in it's like I wonder if he would even do that again considering what happened in that situation luckily he managed to get away but like genuinely I did think it was going to turn into a fight and so it's interesting how fragile males are. It's like that little, <laughs> little thing that damaged his ego. He decided he was going to make it into a huge deal. And let me tell you, after the guy left, he was just at the bus stop and just muttering to himself, what the fuck does he think I am? Does he think I'm a dickhead? Like, da, da, da. he even got on my bus and I could still hear him downstairs going, oh, like, da, 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 da. he thinks I'm a dickhead. And I was like, wow. <laughs> men's egos are so fragile bro and once they break it's defense 101 fam Mm -hmm. they're in attack but what you say honestly that is so funny i'm provoked not crazy wow 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 (laughs) so it's it's not only exactly not only do they not know about what we have to go through but then when we actually get help they're like fighting they're putting each other up against each other like how why like when will you learn like i don't know what can we do genuinely, genuinely what i think you know that's how you just have to say it's all hope because i was just like damn so people are actually trying to do good things and good oh man how are we gonna win i actually don't know no literally you need what it's just like people put stereotypes on things all the time as well they're like men are always like yeah but men will be men like towards like so many things when will that line die i think people need to just start blaming people for being dusty basically mm-hmm. <laughs> there needs to be more shame let's be honest there's not enough shame that's yeah. the problem if men were shamed for this stuff i promise you like it would happen a lot less like I hate that thing as well when boys are in the in the car together and they just for some reason feel like they can say whatever they want when they pass you I find that so interesting it's like if you're walking past me in the street you would not say that it's the fact that you can just drive off it's nuts it's very true oh man but with them ones you you gotta know when to pick your battles do you know what I mean like you need to know when it's like I have to genuinely pander to you because I've feel kind of un- uncomfortable so I'll do that <laughs> but then it's also knowing them ones if this guy is a wet you fam I will just violate <laughs> is that is that bad like I will it's some is I don't take pleasure in it but like it's something that I just will do if you're pissing me off 
I'm not here for it, especially if it's not the day. If it's not the day, I will just say oh, to your face. I will just walk off. I will, I will do it. I will, promise me. I think you should take pleasure in it, if I'm completely honest. I think you should definitely take pleasure in it. The thing is, it's all about approach. For me, it's all about approach. Like, honestly, if I'm not in the mood, I promise you, I'll have my headphones in. I won't even look. I won't even look in the direction of the words that I'm hearing. I will just be walking in vision because the thing is that I'm not even trying to get into conversation with these types of guys anymore I'm really trying to mind my business on that night I felt very vulnerable so I did engage slightly in conversation because I knew it was going to be one of those things imagine yeah. if that's how fragile his ego was if I was to just walk away he would be like oh what so you're rude like da, 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 da. or just throwing <laughs> I don't know it was really excited to throw it back in my face so I was trying to as you said like for my own safety just say things and just keep the conversation just at like a minimum but yeah it's interesting as well at carnival a sim i have a similar thing i remember there was this year when um everyone was talking about acid attacks and like someone had put on their snapchat story that they were gonna throw acid on girls um and so i remember everyone that spoke to me at carnival I was literally trying my hardest to like not piss anyone off. Like I remember I was like giving out my number a bunch of times when I didn't want to and like all of these things just because I was like, listen, I'm not having acid thrown in my face today. Like fuck that. That's so to- messed up. Yeah, there needs to be something though. There needs to be a change, but I don't think it definitely doesn't like really come from us. Like this is not our job, it's like men's job. And I loved what I've been seeing on the social media. Okay. I've seen a lot of people like write their own stories like about what they want to change about how they don't have they've never thought about this and not not just like traditional reposting of like pretty graphics with this topic yeah mm-hmm. see I like that and I there are some positive changes however I worry about the performative level that we're at at the moment because the thing is like on International Women's Day I remember Something that really got on my nerves, because I barely go on my Instagram right now, but I did go go on my Instagram on that particular day for whatever reason. And um, on that day, a guy that I know had like made a very long post about how he's here for women, he's here to protect women, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's a number of situations that I know of where he's like sat by and watched his boys do certain things that I think are very unacceptable. So, that really does bug me because this is the thing boys will say that they're here for women but they're not going to call out their boys mm. and that's where it needs to start from stop saying i'm here for women but then when they're actually coming for you for a woman because she's a woman you're not there you're nowhere to be seen normalize calling out your your problematic male friends that's it 100 percent. call it out like i know there'd be stuff that happens in the group chat their group chats that just be foul as fuck mm-hmm. and it's just like why i feel like there's so much like protecting yourself no but he's a lad he's a boy he's one of us it's like but y- you could also protect women as well <laughs> i don't know not all men but like the cases of that kind of like you know that group lad culture that happens it's the lad culture this is what a lot of this stuff feeds into unfortunately it's just the idea of being a lad it's like being a lad like 
means that when those types of jokes happen, like the others are there to laugh along and egg it on rather than call anything out. In fact, as a boy, I can't imagine that in those types of situations where you're in a big group chat that anyone would call out that kind of problematic behavior because they'd be seen as, you know, like, oh, you know, soft or like killing the mood. So that's what it is. Like everybody collectively as a human race needs to call out like things that are going wrong and like are not right that like you see and mm. I know it's hard because they're your friends but if your friends are incorrect and you're actually friends with them you should tell them that's the relationship that you should have to be able to be yeah. with them but I think it's easy for us to sit here and say this now but like there were certain things back in the day that would be deemed as problematic behavior that I never necessarily called out do you know what I mean like sapping girls bums around school like kiss chase or beat the letter like certain things like that is like kind of like I wouldn't say that it was your role to call things things like that out like it you know boy slapping girls bums should that be a thing like girls have to then have the responsibility of calling out or should the other males be trying to fix the situation yeah it's an interesting combo Mm -hmm. um definitely and who should take the lead what I find super interesting about our generation is like the fact that we are we are we've had we've seen both sides. So like we're now in a stage or period of time where people really are on trying to call out problematic behavior. But I'd say that when we were in school, a lot of these things happened. So we've seen it from both sides. We've really seen the side where we had to go along with it. And now we've seen the side where people are really standing up for themselves. So it's quite interesting to see that that change even that in itself is is a good sign to me I just wanted to finish with like a solution to see like the positives and like kind of give people a call for action as well and just see what they can do next we've been talking a lot about our how we've been on the road like how we're street smart our finishing segment of the show is street smart which illuminates black excellence in the shape of businesses and artistry and wanted to big them up. So Kemi, who's shining for you? I'm going to be shouting out Firewater. So Firewater is a Scotch bonnet tequila rum blend and it's hand bottled in like 15 milliliter glass with metal caps. They're based in Tottenham and they've been established since 2016. And it's really cool. I've tried this and it will knock your socks off. So if you want satin for June 21st, want a little bit of fire in your belly, go to www.fire, so F-I-Y-A-H-W-A-T-A.co.uk and you can find out more about the process, the delivery and the story and yeah. Let's get lit. End of life. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds very interesting and up my street. I love a good bit of that kind of stuff. Shouts me. <laughs> so finish the show. We just wanted to shout as a collective. We're more than just a podcast. We also have a music show mixed by our very own DJs and also we showcase other DJs. So hit us up if you're wanting to do that. And once the world resets, which is very, very close, we will be hosting events. So you can bop to our mixes, Learn from the conversation. Join the pie. You can also follow us on Insta and Twitter. It's got like gals, so G-Y-A-L-S on road. And on our personal accounts, hit it off. Mine's Ingozi Diamond, N-G-O-Z-I. 
D-I-A-M-O-N-D. It's Kemi, so I-T-S-K-E-M-I. Uh, mine's Aisha Charles. You've just listened to an episode of Gals on Road, where we shared our thoughts, unpicked social contracts, and most importantly, elevated Black excellence. We out! <laughs>